41 of Pods in the Keys Springfield. Tonight we are looking at season 4, episode 14, Brother from the Same Planet. Bro from the Same Plo. Plo. <laughs> Mr. Plo, that's his name. <laughs> that name again is Bro from the Same Plo. Uh, and then season 4, episode 15, I Love Lisa. Do you? Sure, it's fine. Yeah. But before we get to that, I've got. Uh, something else that I want to talk about straight Okay, up, straight so up, do I So let's straight get up into it What are you doing? Are you standing up? Elliot Elliot J O'Neill asked us what our favourite biscuits were Alright, oh, we had questions, didn't so we? So I brought along my two favourite biscuits oh, the, yes. the Kingston and the Iced Vovo Oh, interesting, okay Yeah, these are my two favourite biscuits of all time And I propose that we eat some Okay, we're going to do a biscuit taste test, are we? A biscuit taste test Alright, that'll be good foley for the... Uh... It's, I've, I've got the headphones on now and it sounds delightful. Okay, so, so I've, got, I've got a Kingston. You've got a Kingston. Got a I've, Vovo. Got, I've got the Vovo. Mm. Mm. You'll probably cut this, right? <laughs> no, it's all staying good. Alright. Um, I really like the Ice Vovo. It's got a lightness to it. It's got a desiccated coconut. Not normally a fan of desiccated coconut, gotta say. I find... People tend to be divided between the Kingston and the Monte Carlo. Mm. So I guess I know what side you fall down on. Mm-hmm. I tend to be more of a Monte Carlo guy, but I think the Kingston has its strengths. Mm. I do always think it kind of it has the veneer of chocolate without necessarily the um, the tasty benefits. The thing I don't like about the Monte Carlo is the biscuit to filling ratio is all out. Mm. Especially on the Ardent's Monte Carlo. The biscuits are very um, uh, 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 bulbous. If you like. I suppose. It's, maybe it's more of an aesthetic experience for me. I don't know. I once had a homemade Monte Carlo mm. from the bakery next to uh, my old job's Adelaide office. And that was amazing. That's a good bakery. Mm. I'm on my Ice Vovo now. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to go into the Kingston. Mm. I like the Vovo. It's always a little softer than I'm expecting. Mm. Don't need to say that because the Kingston... Quite a bit harder than I'm expecting. Well, there we go. We've had our expectations set by separate biscuits. Mm. I don't know if I've ever done the Kingston Vovo switchover oh, like this. The Kingston's just so good. It's mm. got like a salty sweet thing going on. It's nice and like, I'm going to say the biscuit is like a ginger snap kind of biscuit. It's got an interesting sort of rough texture to it. Mm. Almost a coconutty quality to it. The Vovo or the Kingston? The Kingston. There's something in there. I don't know. Mm. It's got the same sort of mouthfeel as, you know, the, a, a heartier, mm. desiccated coconut. Mmm. Mmm. So like, this has been a Pugs in the Kia Biscuits. It's been Biscuit Index. <laughs> so, I'll now pop the biscuits away. So this, um, this actually segues Hang on, particularly I, I, well into the thing I want to bring up. What are you about to say, though? I was just going to clarify, did you... Because Elliot Joe O'Neill of the Simpsons Index asked what our favourite biscuit was. Oh yes. Uh, did you confirm that yours is Monte Carlo? Is that why you wrote it? I don't it? think the Monte Carlo is my absolute favourite. Right. I don't know. I don't know that I have like a set favourite. There's not one that I'll go back to and go to over and over. I feel like the double coat Tim Tam is perhaps the most reliable biscuit. Oh, the I... double coat. Fuck. I also like a good digestive. 
the chocolate back yeah, ones. The chocolate yeah. back ones. Yeah. Yeah. That you know what? They're better than I give them credit for. Oh, they're a lot better than you're giving them credit um, for. I assume. Double coat Tim Tam. Very mm. good. Um, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that all of the the tricky flavors they're doing now can absolutely all fuck off. I don't want to eat a passion fruit ice cream flavored Tim Tam. I just want double coat. Uh, I think I've had, I don't know, I've had some good ones. I've had some bad ones. You know, it's a wide spectrum of Tim Tams. Mm. Earlier today, I was listening to the podcast uh, Doughboys, and they had Bill Oakley on, who is a writer on The Simpsons. Inventor of the sunglasses. Yes. And he said something that I found interesting Mm. that I thought I'd bring up on our podcast, because our podcast is about The Simpsons. What? Theirs is about fast food, but Bill Oakley, he was on there. Is going to be about the Reuben? No, Bill Oakley is the writer of the Steamed Hams bit, and he was talking about that, and he explained it in a way where I've never interpreted the scene that Bill Oakley, writer of the scene, interprets it. Mm -hmm. Because he said, when they were working on that episode, everyone basically got to do a little bit about their favorite character, and he said his favorite character is uh, Superintendent Chalmers, because Chalmers is the straightest of straight men on the show, he's like the only one who's kind of above the ridiculousness of everything. Sure. And he said in that, what he really likes about that scene or what he thinks is funny about that scene is that Chalmers knows Skinner is obviously lying but just sort of has to go along with it because the world is so ridiculous that there's really, uh, you know, he can't just call him out on it. He might as well just let him have his, his folly. Which I always thought the funny thing about that scene was that Skinner is actually getting away with it. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I've had this a few times now, which I think it's like a a modern extension of Never Meet Your Heroes, Mm. which is never find out what the people who wrote the funny thing (laughs) that you like think is the funny thing. Yeah. Um, Like, I remember once John Cleese was asked what his favourite Monty Python moment was. Yes. And there's an... There's a... uh, I think it's in the, the cheese shop sketch i don't know how much of a monty python fan you are is that the one where they go to, into the cheese shop and there's no cheese yes isn't every monty python sketch some variant of someone goes into a shop that doesn't have the item they went into it for yeah a lot of it is <laughs> so you um, know the pet shop so, has no pets so they're all dead and yeah. you know the restaurant only has spam yeah 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 so there is quite a bit of that but uh cheese shop <laughs> this podcast is nominally about the simpsons <laughs> but actually it's mostly about monty python and biscuits <laughs> week in week out Oh man, uh, it's like Monty Python and Biscuits, like a lot of um, uh, surrealist open mic comedians. Should we but... rename ourselves Monte Carlo Python? <laughs> Should that be the new podcast name? Fuck yes. <laughs> um, no, but he was asked what his favourite Monty Python moment was, and there's a line in the cheese shop sketch where his character, John Cleese's character, the guy who's asking for the cheese but is not getting any, says, I see, I see, I get the picture. And I'm like, oh, that's nowhere near the funniest part of Monty Python. That's weird. And then at the start of this fucking season, we see Matt Groening saying, oh, yeah, my favorite line is I call the big one bitey. And I'm like, why do these people fundamentally misunderstand the very specific enjoyment that I derive from their content? <laughs> but I see, I see, I get the picture is kind of funny because it is very much, you know, him grappling with some intangible ridiculousness. Like, oh, yeah, I understand exactly what's happening here and then, it's a situation that should not be possible. I suppose so, but I don't think it's the funniest part. I'm basically saying don't meet your heroes. Okay. 
Yeah. Have you met your or, heroes? Or, or what about another uh, relatively recent and Australian um, uh, case of don't meet your heroes? Shannon Noll. Have you met Shannon Noll? I haven't met Shannon Noll. Um, Nolsey, if you want to come on the show, we're more than open to having you here. Totally. Um, and then right at the last moment, we cancel his appearance because we've got Guy Sebastian on. What? Um, no, uh, this this person was never a hero of mine, but turns out Barry Humphreys, responsible for Dame Edna Everidge, we all think, oh, isn't that funny that he's doing a social commentary on, on uh, uh, social ladder climbers and status-driven people? Turns out he thinks the funny part is poofs in dresses. Yeah, Barry Humphreys has been a bit of a dick for a fair while now. He's a horrible so, person. So, yeah. um, I say a bit of a dick, like I mean bad, fundamentally bad person. Fundamentally Barry Humphreys, you, you're not invited on. He's not invited on. Shannon Noll, if you want, I mean, yeah. we'll accommodate. Yeah, no, I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to have Nolsey on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think he'd be a right laugh, frankly. A right laugh? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Seems like a real lad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so don't meet your heroes. And in that context, I mean, people that write comedy shows often choose weird bits that they find the funniest. Yeah, anyway. or say weird things about how everyone's too PC now or some shit. Like, I think Matt Groening made comments to that effect recently. <sighs> which, you know, Matt Groening, calm down a bit, you know. Just, you're already very successful. You don't need to keep shitting on people. Just calm Because some down. of your jokes are upsetting. It's, you know. Alright, so... Uh, brother from the same planet. Bro from the same ploy. I remembered to do the chalkboard gag for this episode and then not the second episode. Cool, okay. Uh, the principal's toupee is not a frisbee. That's, uh, that's I don't true. think Skinner wears the toupee. No, I don't think a toupee could generally be mistaken for a frisbee. Um, I think that even if you throw a toupee with a frisbee-style f- wrist flick, mm. it doesn't have the structural integrity to fly. No, it's going to flop right down, it's I gonna think. It's going to flop right down. Yeah. I wish it's I'd gonna... done that. I wish I'd done that in my professor voice. It doesn't have the structural integrity to fly. It's going to go up and flop. It's going to go up and flop. Yeah. So this is the episode of course where Bart joins the Bigger Brother program and he gets a Bigger Brother and little Pepsi is in it. Yeah, little Pepsi. Now right towards the beginning there's a scene where Bart is waiting to get picked up at soccer. Or football, as they call it in certain parts of the world. Sure. And uh, Milhouse, Lewis, and some other wiener kid are uh, off to see Barton Fink. Mm. And they all start shouting, Barton Fink! Barton Fink! Yep. Nick, have you seen the movie Barton Fink? I don't understand. I, I've never understood this. See, I have seen the movie Barton Fink, and I think I get this joke. Right. And the joke is just that the movie is wildly different from what they're expecting. Right. Because their whole thing is they're sneaking into an R-rated movie. Sure. And they think it's going to be like a sexy movie. Sexy. Instead of a movie about like uh, the exploitation of Hollywood. And uh, oh. it's it's a very, very good film. It's one of my favorites. It's, um, it's by right. the Coen brothers. And they were running Miller's <laughs> Crossing, which it's is, by, in my opinion, their best film. It's by Sasha and Baron. Sure, yes. <laughs> yeah, so they got, um, they, got, they got writer's block working on Miller's Crossing. Yeah, so right, they went right. and wrote Bart and Fink, their second best movie. Sure. And then produced, you know, made them basically one after the other and put them out. And years later, I would see them. Like, yeah, quite good. Good movies, these. Writer's Block on Miller's Crossing sounds like the name of every Tom Petty song. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I've written, I've got a note here saying, it's that room again. 
Because Homer's sitting in the, that that weird room again that we've talked yeah. about previously. Yeah, in that in that section where um he has forgotten to pick up Bart. Pick up Bart. But the weird thing about it is that we see Homer watching Wheel of Fortune, and I'm pretty sure that we see him there. He's in the normal lounge room. Yeah. And then at some point during that evening's TV watching session, he's retired to another room. Yeah. But at that stage, I don't think Matt, uh, Lisa and Marge are home yet. No, they've left. They're, they're still out and about, and yeah. he's retired to a different room. He's gone to a different room to watch a uh, an ad for Wings. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, which I can't remember. Was Wings... Am I... Because I... Initially, when I heard the ad for Wings, I thought, oh yeah, that show. And then I thought about more and realised I'm thinking about Jag. Okay, you're not thinking about the Paul McCartney band, The Paul McCartney it? band. I'm not thinking about the Paul McCartney band. Let me get one thing the nice Beatles, and... The Beatles, I mean. Let, <laughs> let me get one thing nice and clear now. I am never thinking about the Paul McCartney band. Um, what year did Revolver come out, though? 1966. Okay, good. Okay, good. Um, uh, I've forgotten everything else I was going to say about that room. doesn't matter. I've got... Uh, the room. Maybe we just refer to that as the Tommy Wiseau room. Yeah. I made a reference to a movie, Joe. Uh, Tommy Wiseau, if you'd like to come on the podcast more than open to it Greg Sestero also open invite to either of you so, sure probably I'd take Greg over Tommy to be honest I feel like Tommy would maybe hijack the whole thing yeah. although you know we'll do a big double episode we'll we'd have... probably get more listeners if we had Tommy Wazow yeah we'll, we'll have Greg Sebastopol we'll have Shannon Noll on the same episode it'll be great <laughs> get Guy Sebastian in as well get Guy Sebastian he can wobble his way yeah. through it wobble yeah nice <laughs> I didn't realise he was a fledgling magpie <laughs> bird I'm going to choose the warble sound you know what hit me during this watch is uh, when Millhouse writes in the uh, you know the parody of The Shining have you seen The Shining by the way yeah we watched it as part of 22 Flims yeah trap you sip when he does this yes isn't it weird how that line's become kind of like iconic it's like a line that everyone knows I feel yeah that is weird isn't it yeah just I guess I mean it does it stands out in the Simpsons universe as being particularly odd yeah. So maybe it's the oddness that caused people to remember it. Much like this podcast. <laughs> well, um, nobody remembers this nobody podcast. Remembers this podcast. Uh, no, and that's fine. But Trapusip! Everyone remembers. That's, yeah. Jeppy yeah. Sip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good, though, because the intonation of the way you did that was, was a lot like the, the first three notes of Midnight Oil's Beds Are Burning, but slower. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it was. Dun, 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 dun. Anyway, uh, how can we sleep when our beds are burning? <laughs> Millhouse, what have I told you about burning the beds? Uh, Millhouse, oh. time has come to, to, <laughs> to say fair, 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 to pay our rent, and to uh, have a chair. Pay our chair. Yeah, I forgot uh, the lyrics. <laughs> uh, the time has come. Is this what the podcast is now? Yeah. <laughs> a fact's a fact. It belongs to them. Let's give it back. It's an excellent reference to the second verse of Midnight Oil. <laughs> Peter Garrett, if you want to come on the podcast. Is it Peter Garrett? Is it that is, his name? It is Peter Garrett. Peter Garrett, if you want to come Not on. Not Peter Werrett, who used to do uh, the motor reviews on Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. Well, good. <laughs> Okay. I'm glad we glad cleared. to establish it's not Peter Werrett. <laughs> I'm glad we cleared Peter Ware Rabbit. The, Peter. Uh, the subject of the 2005 <laughs> an animation film, Walter Gromit and the Curse of the Were Rabbit. Peter Werrett Rabbit. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Wow. That's great. 
What a weird bunch of bullshit. Yeah, that was a weird bunch of bullshit. And now I'm trying to do like a car review in the voice of Gromit, of, of Wallace. <laughs> but I, I can't... Uh, hmm. Gromit! No. I love the beast. Don't have his voice down. Oh, I didn't even think about tying it into Love the Beast. Eric Banner, if you want to come on. Um, We've already extended our invitation to Eric Banner. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, no, I, I, I can't. I can't think of anything that Wallace would feasibly say that also sounds like a sentence from a car review. Well, Ooh, a yeah. sentence. Oh, Gromit! This one's got very good acceleration. It's not really what uh, Wallace sounds like. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's just a voice. <laughs> that's, that's just a, a bland uh, North of England accent. So eventually Homer realises that he has forgotten his son. He imagines him as a skeleton out in the rain. Mm-hmm. And he runs out of the house naked. Uh, I enjoy that he that it's Homer that has the, uh, the dream where he imagines Bart as a skeleton. Because to me, that's a very childish dream to go oh i've been left here for one afternoon i'm going to die and turn into a skeleton so i like that it's homer that then has that now when he runs out uh ned flanders his neighbor yes. sees homer's uh, dick and he says hey homie i can see your doodle he does i feel like this line may have been cut from syndication because i feel like i i heard this line as a kid in the show and then for years it would be on TV without that line, and I thought I was losing my mind. Well, there is, because um, there is like a second between Lisa saying, Dad, hide your shame, and Flanders saying, I can see a doodle. So, uh, easy pro- cut point. Easy cut point, especially for Channel 10, because Channel 10 in Australia, they used to love cutting out punchlines and stuff. Yes, they did. Um, the note that I've got, I'm going to cross out, it's that room again. Oh, I haven't mentioned Porridge Crowd. I'm going to cross out Skeleton Nightmare. You've um, got Porridge Crowd, have you? I said Fucked Crowd. Fucked Crowd. <laughs> but uh, you're right, it did kind of look like a massive porridge. A massive porridge with little people floating in it. Um, went on TV in a football game. Uh, I've written here, no car direction nude. Because <laughs> I don't know what syntax is. When no it comes car to direction this. nude. Because he doesn't run towards the driveway where the car is. He runs straight out on the street which makes me think he's gonna run all the way to pick up bart from wherever the hell bart was which is cool yeah where was flanders standing where was flanders standing i've always been asking that question. it's an important Shop question what are you doing <laughs> i, I want to know I'm, I'm doing another unnecessary voice corner okay wait are you trying to listen to wallace yeah you need to play it for the microphone Fuel transfer complete. Fuel transfer complete. Did he say fuel transfer complete? I don't Cause know. Because if it is, that's a perfect car line. Hang on. Oh, it doesn't matter. They recast Wallace a few years ago. I think that's the original Wallace. Though. Fuel transfer complete. Okay. I mean, you could have been up for that job. I could have You could have been. been the new Wallace. Crackers, Gromit. I've forgotten the crackers. Bloomin' heck, it's me, Wallace it is. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right, then. Oh. Oh, I'll just leave the cheese over here, then, shall I? Oh, oh it's me, Dave Wallace Callan. I've oh. forgotten the crackers. Oh, oh criminy, I'm a ninja. I study ninjutsu. Fuck, I'm sorry, Dave Callan. <laughs> Dave Callan is not listening to us. That's a really good point. Uh, telepathy. Um, telepathy. When Bart, so just going back to the trap you zip thing. When, oh, yeah. when Bart tries to telepathically communicate with Homer. Yeah. Uh, something I remembered 
literally only a couple of days ago, is that when I was in year three, I reckon, whenever the uh, the teacher would ask me a question, I would like massage the sides of my temples as though I was trying to <laughs> telepathically receive the answer. And it was really just me buying time because I had no idea what the answer was. But the weird thing is that it would work every time. Every now and then it would work, yeah. I'd be like, oh, seven plus four, it's 11. You're going to leave your husband. <laughs> You got access to information that you weren't meant to have. That's great. I remember that because the government tried to track you down. You had like those FBI agents following you and Bruce Willis. Had it's to... really weird that I had FBI agents following me in Australia. Yeah, they I know. Got, they haven't got jurisdiction here. Yeah, it was kind of off the books. It was a real, it was, you know, under the table, off the books, uh, behind the curtain. It was a real... You're just listing Peter Jennings novels. <laughs> He um, was in on it. <laughs> under the table, off the books, behind the curtain. It was him and Morris Gleitzman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, so Because you were codenamed like Blabbermouth, which sounds so, like a Morris Gleitzman novel. <laughs> so, when you said, so, when, so when you said I had people from the FBI, you mean from the Fantastic Book Index. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Do you want me to talk about Bobby Sherman for a bit? I'm just trying to think of CIA. Love <laughs> like creative, imaginative, not adult. You were still a child. Authors. <laughs> yeah, of course. Creative, imaginative authors. Of course. <laughs> It's all so clear to me now. It's like that time you were trying to come up with a Duran Duran <laughs> song that you could make about Durians. <laughs> I just can't come up with anything. I'm like, the main song is Hungry Like the Wolf. It has the word hungry in there. <laughs> oh, but I wanted to go for a deeper reference. Just call it Hungry for some fruit. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Motorbike Mike. Oh, there he goes. Really putting on a show for us. All right, I reckon someone that got picked up. Game right down. <coughs> oh so. God. Um, are we up to talking about Bobby Sherman? Do you want me to talk about Bobby Sherman? Uh, we're not quite up to Bobby Sherman I mean, yet. We'll get to Bobby Sherman. All right, we'll get to Bobby Sherman. So we see Krusty the Clown hosting Saturday Night Live or Tuesday Night Live. It's a little know. bit of forward sell there for all our listeners. We'll get to Bobby oh, Sherman. Oh, you Sherman heads out there. <laughs> you Sherman heads. You know, we covered General Sherman back in season two. Now we're going to cover Bobby Sherman. Very good. Uh, uh, Queen of the Harpies. <laughs> Now, I I feel like this is the first time I've seen this episode while also being conscious of who Lorne Michaels is. Oh, the Saturday Night Liveman. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the second time Lorne Michaels has been mentioned this season. Oh. It was mentioned back in Home of the Heretic, oh. when Homer sees the interview with Lorne Michaels in Play Dude. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. But this time when Krusty says, uh, when Lorne invited me to be on this show, I was like, hey, 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 I'm in a movie, baby, or whatever he says. Yeah. So that was interesting. I kind of never picked that as a such a direct thing. But it's also weird because we see that Krusty is hosting Tuesday Night Live. Mm. So in the Simpsons universe, <clears throat> does Saturday Night Live not exist? Or is there like an auxiliary show for less successful comedians? Yeah, wouldn't that be weird if we find out that actually there's a, a forgotten relic of history in which Lorne Michaels was capitalising two of the seven <laughs> nights of the week with Saturday Night Live and Tuesday Night Live? 
Yeah, Lorne Michaels, if you'd like to be on the show, by the way, more than open to having you on here. Can you imagine if we get Lorne on, Yeah, and then I only talk about mowing, <laughs> and he's like, you asked me about this, and I said no. And I would just be talking about his episode of What the Fuck with Mark Marin the whole time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, who are your fertilizers? That was a good episode, actually, because Mark, uh, what like he applied for Saturday Night Live and didn't get it, and then was like stewing over it for like twenty years, and he got wow. Lord Michaels on the podcast, like, why the fuck didn't you get me on there? Mm. Who are you guys? Who are you guys? Yes, yeah. So I, I would tap the list of bits we're no longer doing. But yeah, I threw you threw it the away. list out. You lost all of those privileges. <laughs> Damn. I get to do all of the bits four times as much. Damn it! Also, in I the th- edit, I'm going to double that. <laughs> I thought of what we can do as part of the food in our pubs in the Key of Springfield. Okay, <clears throat> this is a, a call forward to the next episode. <laughs> oh my god! We're going to have a series of soups called "I Stew Stew Stews You." <laughs> It's going to be a bunch of stews and soups. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Can I talk about Bobby Sherman? No. Uh, we need, I think, are we up to Bobby Sherman? Well, that's the whole B-plot of this episode. Lisa. <laughs> Bobby Sherman. Lisa. Lisa ringing up the Corey hotline. Oh, yes, the Corey hotline. So Marge says, I used to have a crush on Bobby Sherman. I'm not sure who that is, but Nick will tell James. Sure. So I'm Marge. That was her line. The the thing I like about um, uh, about uh, Bobby Sherman's Wikipedia page is that Wikipedia swings pretty hard against him, but in a very uh, subtle and underhanded kind of way. So, American singer, actor, and occasionally songwriter. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. Curious use of the word occasionally. Uh, he retired in the 70s for a, a career in the paramedic... A, a, a career as a paramedic... And also police officer, which is a baffling combination because those things both seem pretty full time to me. Like you can't <laughs> yes, really dabble on those. And then though, uh, but the Wikipedia then goes on to say, but he still performs and records occasionally. <laughs> I really enjoy the way they're downplaying this. Um, his number one song, well, his most popular song is a song called "Little Woman," which I is not a song that I recognise. Little Woman. Little Woman. I'm not familiar with it either. <clears throat> You're not going to look it up, are you? Yeah, yeah, we can. It's so much harder to edit these episodes when you're on Google constantly. I'm not on Google, I'm on Spotify. <laughs> oh, okay, well that's fine then. <laughs> Was he handsome? Bobby Sherman. When you wicked him. Uh, this is a photo... What? Okay, the... Um, wi- oh my god. Oh my god. So, you know how when you go to Spotify, it's got top five? Yep. Julie, do you love me? Is number one. Number sure. two, easy come, easy go. Number three, Julie, do you love me? <laughs> Number four, little woman. Number five, Julie, do you love me? Do you think Julie loves him? I don't know. Um, this is little woman. That's his face there. Oh, yeah. Hey, little woman, please make up your mind. You've got to come into my world. So right. we've been uh, we've been recording for six hours at this point and have not mentioned Phil Hartman yet. He's, so he's some kind of um, alien, I imagine. Judging by the way he was uh, saying, you've got to come into my world and leave my and leave your world behind. But you want to talk about Phil Hartman, who, as far as I can tell, not an alien. Ah, uh, probably not. But he is in this episode. 
And he does a good job doing uh, the same voice he does for the other characters that he also plays. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Phil One Voice Hartman. Kind of interesting to have seen him as a crooked monorail conductor like two episodes ago. And now we see him as oh, a yeah. bigger brother. A bigger brother. Be- a bigger brother. Um, sells a lot of cheese. Now. Oh, bigger. Yeah. Yeah. That's a popular cheese brand here in Australia. Now I want to... One of the only four cheese brands in Australia that you can actually buy. What? Well, sorry. <laughs> one of... Sorry. Specifically, I mean there's one cheese brand that you cannot buy. Sure. The one with the reprehensible name. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. In, uh, the um, one we genuinely can't even name on the air. Yeah. It's because a, it's a slur. We Yeah, there's a cheese in Australia that's named after... A fairly intense racial slur. Well, I don't know if it's named after that, but oh, well, it's good. It? it shares the Sorry, name. It shares the name. But, but <laughs> Wouldn't that be wild, though? <laughs> <laughs> fucking wild. I mean, it's like, you know, those red lollies that are genuinely named after a fucking slur. I, uh, yes, the, yeah. the, yes, those lollies, uh, yeah. which share the name with a NFL team or a baseball team? Baseball. Washington things. I bought... Maybe that, it is NFL, I don't know. I I'm bought only one man. that flavour... Ice cream last night. Yeah. I had one spoonful and went, this is awful, and I'm not going to eat any more of it. Isn't it fucking wild that it still has that name? Yeah, completely. A name wild. we don't feel comfortable saying. My, but the the cheese thing, though, whenever someone mentions that brand of cheese, I say, nah, don't buy that. Buy some other one. Buy Bega. Buy uh, 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 the, 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 what's the. Mainland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brand? yeah. I, was, I was about to say, who's the one with the, your friend in the fridge? Yeah. Um, mainland. Um, and then people say, oh, but it's not named after that. It's named after the town. I'm like, well, change the name of the fucking town then. <laughs> like, it's not hard, Australia. Come on. Now, what are you throwing at me? I threw some yarn at you. Okay, cool. Uh, should we. Run our own scam where we run our own sort of Corey hotline sort of thing. Do you think we could get away with that? Do you think we could do that? What kind of things could we maybe say? I'm not sure if either of our voices are attractive enough. Uh, I don't know. I think we could. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. What would our hotline be called? Do we have a character in this hotline? I guess we need to come up with a guy and like be that guy. Mark. No. (laughs) Um, Mark Marin. Hey, I'm Mark Marin. (laughs) Let me list my guys. <laughs> You've called the Mark Mary fuck line. <laughs> Jesus. I didn't hang on, hang on. I didn't realise we were escalating into phone sex line territory. I thought we were just having a fun little hotline. Yeah, okay, okay. We'll power it back down then. So we can be like, um what's like a good strong name? D- Dave? <laughs> Dave? You've reached the Dave Cullen hotline. <laughs> It is baffling to me that half of our listenership is from America. <laughs> there are Australians who wouldn't be able to follow all the references in this. I'm barely following our bullshit. Oh I don't know God. how anyone else could possibly. Yeah. I'm going to spend 20 more minutes talking about local brands of cheese. Man... So what about the Nimbin Cheese Company? Have you bought any of their cheeses? Not lately. It's really good, actually. The Nimbin Cheese Company. They do fine. There's a bad blackjack joke in this episode. Oh, um, uh, 21 Hit Me? Yeah. Yeah. Where Homer, Bard is imagining a scenario where Homer is very bad at blackjack and he us he hits on 21. Yeah. But he hits on like 19, 20, 21. He pulls four aces in a row, which yeah, is wild. That's wild. And also, like I said to you during the watching, 
aren't there like laws that prevent dealers from hitting someone with another card when they hit 21? Yeah. Like, surely that's against the rules of blackjack. And then, years later, Family Guy did the exact same joke. Did they? Yeah, except I believe that Peter also hits on 22. Or whatever goes right. over 21. Right. Which makes it, in, on some level, maybe a more sophisticated joke. Maybe it does make it a more sophisticated joke. But it's still against the rules, I would say. Yeah, I think so. I guess we need do to I like know, uh, Do I know anyone who's been a dealer in a casino? Uh, I don't, at least I don't... one guy I know on Twitter was oh, for a period. Should we ask him? No. Alright. <laughs> because we know what the rule is. Well, yeah. You can't hit on 21. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's a part in this episode where Tom shows Bart, Ren, and Stimpy. Oh, yeah. I always okay. found that very strange as a kid because Ren and Stimpy was my favourite show in the world. Really? Yeah. I was a fucked up kid. I was six years old when I started watching Ren and Stimpy. Were you a stupid idiot? Uh, I suppose. I was an <laughs> idiot. Idiot. I suffered from space madness. See, I know the references to the TV show. I, you've already lost me. I, I, I would sing happy, happy, joy, joy. I ah. whizzed on the electric fence. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Fuck, that takes me back. Yeah. That song was a nightmare. But, uh... Yeah, now when they watch Ren and Stimpy, which is a weird little crossover thing, is the implication here meant to be that Tom has a better cable package than The Simpsons? Maybe. I don't know what Ren and Stimpy was broadcast upon. It was on Nickelodeon. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Cheese. Yeah, I guess so then. That's interesting. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. Dexter's Laboratory. Yep. I thought that show was great. It was until great until I sat down to watch it. Then I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure I'm into this. I know. Is uh, what's the guy's name? Genedy Tarkovsky, I think, was the <clears throat> creator of that show. It was like the first original show on Cartoon Network. I'm pretty sure. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right. Tell I... me, tell me more. What more would you like to know? Just things. It was good. <laughs> uh, the bad guy was named Mandrake, I think. Mandrake? <laughs> yeah, I think there was a character called Mandrake on there. That's have it. you seen the swearing episode have you that read, they made? Have you read the book called Mandragora, which I read in Year 9, which is about a plant called the Mandrake? No, but Mandrake is the name of some sort of like mythical spiritual plant thing. Yeah. yeah. I read so you haven't seen the swearing it. episode the that they put out. The swearing episode. Yeah, there was like an episode that they produced but obviously couldn't release where uh, Dexter and Dee Dee... I don't know, like, took some potion that made them bad, so they start swearing a lot. Right. And that episode's now up on YouTube, and it's worth checking out, because it's pretty fun. That's wild. If you want to hear Dexter say fuck... I mean, don't we all? Yeah. That's nearly as wild as the episode of Genie from Down Under when everyone was nude. <laughs> that was a thing, wasn't it? <laughs> that was Another a very Australian reference. I'm, I'm very glad someone... <laughs> genie, Genie from Down Under, make my wish come true. Oh, crikey. <laughs> Genie, genie, from down under. But I a... wish you'd do what I want you to. Yeah, all right then. Yeah, that was right. my favourite part of the song. Oh, all right then. <laughs> oh, all right then. Um, no, it's, I'm, I'm glad you're with me on that, because I do remember an episode where... So this was like a, a kid show about uh, a, an English family that moved out to the Australian outback, yep. and then the daughter discovered a, a genie. As one does. Um, as one does. And then there was one bit where, for some reason, everyone was nude, 
And then one of her wishes was, well, I just wish that nude wasn't so rude. And then everyone was pixelated instead of having to hide behind things. And I remember watching this on the way, ho- on, on the way home from school. Yeah. yeah. On my little pocket TV. No, I remember watching this as I got home and I was like, what the fuck is happening? This is a kid's show. I mean, I would like to know that we are actually recording this naked right now. I mean, we're always recording this naked. Yeah. Because I made that wish that nude wouldn't be so rude. It is weird and awkward, though. I mean, we're both pretty sweaty. Well. <laughs> wish sweaty isn't the word I've gone for there. Yeah, I'm, you, could, you can feel free to edit out that sentence while I have another ice bobo. Uh, at one point, Bart shows up to show and tell with some sort of death laser. Shoots Martin in the head. Martin's dead, I suppose. My question for you. Show and tell. Kind of bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. I was thinking about this. Uh, if you had to do show and tell now, if it was like part of your job that you had to do show and tell, oh. what would you take in? Oh my god! Yeah, right. Um, another fascinating thing about show and tell, which I've never ever ever thought about now. Hey, kids, we recommend that you get some level of self worth and validation. Is this Doctor Phil doing this? <laughs> now, now, children, what we recommend... Now you're doing Obama, what's going on? <laughs> now, children, what we recommend... <laughs> that was great, because your whole demeanor changed. <laughs> you suddenly looked confident. And <laughs> um, like you had done things of value and worth. What we recommend is that you get some sense of self-worth and validation... From the, of, thing, from the things that you own. Out of your possessions, yeah. Because you can bring in things you achieved. But most is like, this is my favourite toy. My Think, name's Stanley. Things that... Samway? <laughs> Stanley. This is a kid called Stanley. Stanley. I've never known a Stanley, so I can, you know, make up a fictional Stanley. You, well, you did go to school with the kid that invented the box cutter. Yeah. Stanley Knife. <laughs> yeah, his name was Stanley Knife. <laughs> And then he said, I'm going to call my invention the box cutter. <laughs> um, Why can't I open these boxes? Damn, dang, done. <laughs> Damn, dang, done. Fantastic. That was his catchphrase. Um, I'm oh going to mute the microphone for this joke because I don't know if I could say it. Right, I'm glad I didn't record that <laughs> yeah, one. You're, you're right. <laughs> Thank fuck you didn't say that on the mic. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this bit right now. I, see, I didn't even want to give you the option of leaving that joke in. So I wouldn't. Have. That's, why, that's why I hit mute. you got to look after yourself in this world. Ah, oh, man. Um, so, what would... Oh, you know what? If I was going to take in my most kind of prized possession, it would probably be... I have a bass guitar which is a limited edition. It's one of two or three in Australia. Sure. It's a, a really nice bass. It's a Music Man Stingray for anyone playing along at home, and it is a in a glittery green uh, finish. I've seen that so guitar. It's, it's a yeah. nice guitar. Yeah, it's my favourite It's my favorite um, iteration of bass guitar in my favourite colour, glittery green. I don't even know what I would take in. I'm at a real loss. Maybe I'd take something I got from a press trip at some point. Like, oh, they gave me this for going on the trip. Uh, guys, this is my Windows 98 hat. <laughs> it's a really nice hat. It's a snapback. It's got Windows 98 logo on the front. 
Everyone else got 98 Windows hats. I just got one Windows 98 hat. Guys, this is my Intel hat. <laughs> when you put it on, it goes... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like the Intel inside. Sting. I used to have a shirt that I got from E3 that was like, Gamers that vote or something. <laughs> gamers that vote. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think I threw that shirt out. Uh, other things about this episode of The Simpsons, because this is a podcast about The Simpsons. Uh, I've got one, two, three... Four notes to say. I've got like eight. <laughs> All right, cool. And we're 48 hours into this recording at this yeah. point. Yeah. No, you're reading the wrong column. That's the minutes column there. It's 40, 40, 48 minutes in. So, uh, Skinner. There's a scene of Skinner slashing entire subjects from the school because they don't have the budget for history and yes. other things. Now, I work at a university. I won't say which one, but no. this seems... Accurate Alarmingly, to how things are going at the moment. Alarmingly close to the truth. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I've I, definitely seen subjects and areas just sort of disappear quietly in the night. Right. Spirited away. You're making it sound like there's a secret police that goes around and removes entire faculties. You get a knock on the door at 1am and then you have to flee. I mean, it's not that far from the truth. Apart from the whole fanciful Nazi imagery. (laughs) (laughs) The whole fanciful Nazi imagery. (laughs) Tremendous. Another note here I have is that uh, Tom has to sign a contract promising not to kiss Bart. Shouldn't that be reasonably self-evident without the need for a contract? Well, you'd think so, but it's also pretty similar to that contract I had you sign when we started this podcast. The The one that I wouldn't kiss you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well... Which you've stuck to so far, so that's been good. So far, so far, so far. I do buy you biscuits, though. I am a a nice person. I guess eating someone's vovo is like a kiss. Oh. (laughs) Uh, I realised about three minutes ago, I was like, oh, man, now I'm just going to be stuck with two packets of biscuits. Those will be gone by tomorrow morning. Tonight is not going to be a good sleep. Ah, You're on vacation. You're killing it. I tend to live a relatively low sugar intake lifestyle. These things are going to destroy me. You heard the panic attack I had in the last episode. <laughs> yeah, you. that was a few episodes ago by this point, but you were having a hard time. So Homer signs up for the Big Brother program. Yep. They ask why he's joining. The options on the checklist are yeah. spite, malice, revenge, boredom and profit. The first iteration of Earth, Wind and Fire. I was going to say it was five of the original Seven Dwarfs. Oh, excellent. It's five members of S Club 7. It's the five... uh, Hannah and Joe have both left, and it's now Spite, Malice, Revenge, Boredom, and Profit. Very good. I don't know what that was making a tinging noise, but... Uh, It's a picture hook that is on the ground. Inappropriate place to hang pictures on the ground. So why they Spite, Malice, Revenge... Boredom, and Profit. Also... Which one are you? Oh, probably Boredom, to be honest. I think I would be probably spite. I had a feeling you would say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like I have a lot of spite and then I try not to act upon it because I realise it would be petty and ridiculous of me. Tom Petty and Ridiculous of you? <laughs> yeah, Tom Petty and the Ridiculouses. Tom <laughs> and the Ridiculouses. Um, so when he's taking Peppy out of the bigger brother... Th- no, when he picks him up for... Picks Peppy up from his house. Yep. And he says, now on everything's going to get better and then Peppy clonks his head on the big... 
overhead bar. Now, are you thinking Death Dream? Oh, no, I wasn't thinking Death Dream. I was just thinking of a funny story that happened once on a school camp. Good. Someone, we were doing some orienteering. Yes. You know, Yeah, you're out in the bush looking for... Out in the bush, map reading, looking for the little squares that have the red and white triangle in them. Okay, you you said square while showing me a rectangle, but that's I made a rectangle with my hands. I don't know how to make a square. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I know what a square is. (laughs) What? You're looking at one. <laughs> oh, it's hip. It's hip to be me. Um, but someone was someone in my group that we were doing the orienteering with, he was looking at the compass and walking along. And he says, Oh yeah, well don't worry, this should be pretty easy for me because I've got a pretty good sense of direct and then he hit an overhanging branch with his head. Um Halfway through saying good sense of direction, he hit his head on a tree that he didn't see. And the rest and, of that camp And the rest of that camp was hilarious because I was laughing the whole time. And a death dream. And a death dream for him. He died. Yeah. Unfortunate. Rest in peace. Stanley Knife. <laughs> I tried to come you up just with perfected it. I tried to come up with a name that we've come up with in this episode. So if so only we'd had a way of cutting down that price. Damn dang dog. <laughs> Damn dang dog. Stanley. <laughs> Why is this a thing I'm doing now? Anyway, 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 back back on subject. Uh, okay, All right. back to the back to the Corey plot line. Yes, I got one last thing to say about this B plot that kind of like blows through like a like a breeze in the middle of the day. Uh, sure, the the day breeze plot. Now Lisa goes to the doctor. Yes, and he tells her, you know, you just have to not do it. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Marge right. says. If you can make it to midnight without calling it, you'll know you've beaten it forever. Mm. That's not how addiction works. I don't think that's you how addiction works. You don't just last works. until midnight and then everything's fine. No, I think it can be, in many cases, much more complex yeah, than that. Yeah, you can wake up the next day and then do the thing you weren't meant to do. Yeah, totally. This is not how anything works. What a weird little plot line. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Marge. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of bummed me out watching this episode. Just this, like, uh... Weird plotline that is obviously meant to be a stand-in for, like, an addiction issue. Yeah. That resolves it in such a bullshit way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. I hadn't clicked on that, but you're right. Now I'm also angry at this episode. <laughs> um, uh, grapefruit in the face. Yes. Ah, um, uh, yes, because that was a, uh, a thing in this episode where Homer's talking about Bart being a bad little boy, and he says that he squeezed a... Grapefruit in his face and said, shut up. Which is another one. You know how I've been mentioning every now and then that there were things that me and my friend Matt in school used to sure. like reference constantly? Yeah, 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 Squeezing a grapefruit into someone's face to express displeasure. Sure. We never had grapefruits on hand. But, no. you know, we would do the little, do the little motion. hand twist. Yeah, yeah the little motion. And so, that was a stand-in for imagining squeezing a grapefruit into a person's Face. Face. While saying, shut up. Yes. That is a reference to... Because you said, what's that a reference to? Yeah. I looked it up. That's a reference to a 1931 film called The Public Enemy. Oh, yes. Which I believe is an early exploration into Flavor Flav's hip-hop group. Oh, okay. Public Enemy. Public Enemy number one. I'm not sure if they were number one in the 1930s. Yeah. Seems unlikely. Um, Homer teasing the dolphin. The dolphin steals his hot dog. Yeah. Just going to do a quick poll of you, just quickly. Hot dog. They're just a vessel for mild American mustard, right? 
Ah, uh, like that's all they exist for, right? I mean, they're a vessel for a variety of condiments. You can have the mild American mustard. You could have like, like a garlic butter or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So, so you could have like a tangy ketchup. So so far, I'd have I'd have all three of those. I would have yeah. an absolute party in my face. Yeah. You got some like if you got a tasty piece of bread to wrap it all up in. A tasty piece of bread. I mean, <laughs> like the the anus meat is neither here nor there. I suppose it is mostly. Just there to flesh out what would otherwise just be a piece of bread full of sauce. Full of sauce. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Right, well, I'm glad I asked. And then uh, we kind of stopped paying attention at the end of this episode because you got very upset by the fact that somebody mentioned a frozen banana. <laughs> yeah. So Wiggum, You got very worked up. You, like, started crying and it was a whole thing. Wiggum, trust me, this story is already weird enough without you needing to ex- <laughs> exa- exaggerate and say that. So Wiggum says, oh, the, the aquarium, do they still sell those frozen <coughs> bananas? Yep. And instantly I go, what the fuck kind of American snack is this? A, hot, a, a fully frozen banana is going to be practically inedible. Meanwhile, uh, I, having watched Arrested Development, say, yeah, don't worry, it's fine. It's, just, it's a thing. It definitely yeah. exists. But that's not a good enough answer for me because <laughs> it does a, a frozen banana, like if you imagine a solidly frozen banana, you're not going to be able to sell that as an amusement treat, as an amusement park treat. But you told me that they did. So yeah, I, lo- I looked at There's always it up. money in the banana stand. Mm. And basically, you. Uh, cut a banana in half, put a stick in it, dip it in chocolate, freeze it until the chocolate layer is frozen, which means that the banana on the inside will be cold, but mm. probably not frozen. Yeah, the banana says, put a stick in me, I'm done, and you do, and then you... Yeah. yeah. I mean, the I guess the other thing is that if it is cut... Because I looked at two recipes, and they both said cut the banana in half lengthways, so you end up with two long, skinny halves of a banana. Maybe... Even then, if it was solidly frozen, you would be able to bite through it because it's only half, maybe. Anyway. If any of you run any sort of frozen banana emporium, especially in Australia, we'd love to hear from you. I reckon... Get in contact. I reckon just an American that's eaten one. I don't need to hear from someone that runs a shop. I mean, if anyone who worked on Arrested Development would like to get in contact... um, Actually, no, you're still kind of in my bad books after that whole... If Jessica Walter wants to get in contact, she can get in contact. She seems very cool. Or Alia Shawcat, who's in Australia soon. Sure. Alia Shawcat, if you would like to be on our podcast. Sure. Bit of a fan. Think you've, uh, you're a very good actor. Yep. Really enjoy you in Green Room. Really enjoy you in the latest season of Arrested Development. Yeah. Yeah, Alia Shawcat. Great. Alia Shawcat. My Shawkat, last comment... Jessica Walter Matthau. Sure. My last comment on this episode... Is the bit where Homer falls on the fire hydrant. The older oh. I get, the more sensitive I am to image like scenes of back pain. Yeah. This <laughs> earlier this week I woke up with just like a pain in my back because I slept awkwardly and it stuck mm. around for about three days. Mm. During that three days I went to see the new Mission Impossible film, which absolutely fucks. It's very good. Mm. And in that film, Tom Cruise is like 53 years old, is running around doing all these stunts, you know, going mm. hog wild. Mm. And I'm saying the thing, my back kind of hurts. And I'm like a 30-year-old. I don't do anything. I'm mm. off for like a 20-minute walk today and I'm fucked. Mm. So back pain uh, is bad, I guess. Was the uh... Excellent sound design in the, uh, the scene where Homer gets his back broken. Yeah. Excellent like Batman design. by Bane. Backman. Yes, yeah. Backman. Yeah. Yeah, lower back man. Sure. I love Lisa. How about you? Yeah, she's fine. Um, <clears throat> episode has the circus opening. Yeah, the episode being I Love Lisa, in which uh, Ralph loves Lisa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I have to... <laughs>
Alright, so you just, uh, you took a little bathroom break. I'd like to tee up the while you were- uh, Sorry, there is a reason for me bringing this up, because otherwise it would be weird if I just put what I'm about to say up <laughs> apropos of nothing. While you were in the bathroom, I went onto Twitter.com. Sure. And checked the Pods in the Key of Springfield Twitter account. Mm -hmm. And I saw a series of tweets I thought were pretty interesting. Mm. So, you know, uh, you know uh, our son, Sam Lindsay? Yeah. Who is uh, one of a handful of particularly dedicated fans. And of, one and only son. Yep. Well, we, you know, we got a few. We got a few really good fans who we like a lot. Mm. We like all of our fans. It's weird that we have fans at all, but Sam Lindsay like talks to us a lot. Anyway, he made a tweet. Uh, one of the best Simpsons-based podcasts to come out of Adelaide. One of the <laughs> yeah, that feels like a nice backhanded compliment. <laughs> Keith Springfield, our Twitter handle. Uh, have asked should be has asked, but who am I to judge? <laughs> really sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Anyway. <laughs> Podcast Key Springfield is a singular entity. We're not a plural. <laughs> We're also a pair of pedantic cunts. <laughs> Have asked if anyone wants to cover Simpsons-related songs. And then he tagged uh, Mary Amber. Not sure if this is something you'd be into. Mary Amber. Now, I'm not familiar with Mary, but she is verified and has Ooh. more followers than either of us. And Ooh. she says, I'd be keen. So, I guess I'll get in contact with her and we'll get some music on the podcast. I shouldn't be eating these chips. Um, yes, let's do that. Fantastic. Yeah, because we did say a few episodes back that we are keen to get some some original artists on the show doing covers of Simpsons songs. Yeah. And we can't afford to pay them because we're very poor mm. and exposure is worth nothing. It would just be like a nice fun thing. It would be a fun thing. Yeah. Um, a fun thing that is not worth doing for anyone really, but... Uh, kind of like this podcast, James. <laughs> i got to stop underselling every aspect of my life. Okay, so I would like to talk about the Monster Mash. I want to talk about how I want to spend the rest of my life with a good quality microphone and a pair of headphones. Because opening a beer is one of my favorite parts of any moment, right? Mm. I was about to say day, and I was like, ah, more frequently than one a day. <laughs> um, it's, it's my favorite part of any hour. Uh, and the sound of opening beers through this microphone and these headphones, lovely. Have you ever listened to the podcast Comedy Bang Bang? I know you haven't. You made me listen to an episode and I did not like you it. You were very upset by it, but every Halloween... Hey, let's spend three years pretending to be Andrew Lloyd Webber. No, let's not. Don't insult Paul F. Tompkins. He is so much more popular than us. <laughs> That's fine, I can insult him. Every Halloween they do a... Um... They do a Halloween episode where they sure. get a bunch of ghosts and ghouls in, and every year Nick Weiger comes in as his character Leo Capazzi, and he sings a variation of the Monster Mash called the Monster Fuck, and I recommend anyone goes and looks it up because it's a lot of fun. Alright, I could get behind that. Yeah. They did the fuck. They did the monster, the monster fuck. It was a... Those monsters sucked and fucked. Yeah, in, yeah. The, in the back of a monster truck. Yeah. That kind of vibe. Wolfman wolfed down Frankenstein's ass, you know, it's that sort of thing, it's great. Wolfman. Yeah. Now... I'm the Wolfman. I hate being bored and I can punch through suns. Hukukachoo. Now, I'd like to put something forward right up top on this episode. Right up top. Is this the best Ralph episode? Is there a better episode about Ralph than this one? Ralph I'm, is not a character that I generally I'm, love, except going, in this episode. I'm going to answer those two questions separately, because I actually think they're separate questions. Okay. Is there a better episode about Ralph than this one? No. Okay. Is this the best Ralph episode? 
No. Because Ralph's best parts in this episode are when he's not being particularly Ralphy. So there's I Choo Choo Choose You, cool. There's yep. Do You Like Stuff, great. I really, really enjoy his portrayal of George Washington. Yes. But that is the highlight of the episode for me, and it is not peak Ralph. See, I tend to think... I like I like Ralph more as a believable child than I like him as like a ridiculous miscreant. Isn't it? Isn't later is, episodes? Isn't it great that we're both now holding a beer yeah. and we've gone from like silly, weird, <laughs> laughing about Morris Gleitzman to now we've both got a beer in a hand and we're just fucking holding court. Yeah, Morris Gleitzman. Like, if you would like to be on the show, though, we'd be yeah, more than we'll, happy we'll, to. We'll pair you up with Shannon. Knoll. Yeah, we'll get you and Paul Jennings on, and you can alternate between episodes, just like the Unreal series and Wicked. Did you ever read those books? Um, no, but I, I know how to play one song from the musical, Wicked. Does that count? Which song? I don't Defi- know why I'm asking. I don't know anything about Wicked. Defying Gravity. Okay. Anyway. Um, so you were holding court with your beer in your hand? Yeah. You like Ralph as a character, yes? Yeah, I like... Character of what, James? Of the, of the popular TV show of The Simpsons? <laughs> yeah, popular animated sitcom The Simpsons. All right. Yeah, I like Ralph because... I like him in this episode because he is... At his most believable as like an eight-year-old boy in this one, I think. Sure. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I've always been a big fan of a bigger fan of Rolf because I Rolf find the I find the filmmaker. No, 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 no. Rolf. I, I think I find Rolf to be particularly believable as a piano playing Muppet dog. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. You remember Rolf, right? Yeah, I remember yeah, Rolf. I remember Rolf. Rolf yeah. Tahir, the filmmaker. <laughs> yeah, who I prefer to call an animated Muppet dog. Enforcing Valentine's Day at school is weird, right? Making yeah. the kids write each other cards. Yep, yep. I was so glad that you said that because yeah. I was not cool with that at all. Was that a part of your schooling at all? No. I remember in year 12, I reckon, I there was some like... sort of like rose system where we could send a rose to, you know, someone. Who, uh, who was responsible for instigating this system? The students, I suppose. It was like a whole... Like the school leaders, when we were in year 12, you could send a rose to someone. And I sent a rose... To, you know, you know who it would have been. I'm going to mute the microphone. Yep. Of course, of course, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course, of course, of course, of course, of course. So I sent her a rose. It was to Mr. Ed. But instead of sending oh. it to her, for some reason they completely misinterpreted it and sent it to someone else entirely. Just <laughs> a, weird, a weird fuck up in the system. Right? Okay, so not only is this a ridiculous system that... I they gave it to my friend Carla instead. Yeah, okay. Just I, I can mention her by name. She's yes. you know I, I like her. She's a cool person. I I went Carla through... if you're listening. <laughs> She's not. <laughs> I went through um uh I went through that same school the year before you. Yeah. This sending a road system is something that we did not have. No. And. I imagine it was developed by the students because they thought, this will be fun, because that's how everyone talked. Yeah. Um, and then I imagine the system was along the lines of, okay, well, I'm going to pay a dollar, and that dollar will cause the rose to be sent to the person whose name yeah, I put on this very piece yeah, of paper. Yeah, it was something like that. How did it end up in the hands of the wrong person? Because... It's an interesting question. The name you said when the microphone was muted and the name that you said before because you said that you were comfortable saying it. Yeah. They were different names, James. Very different names. Different names. They don't even start with the same letter of the alphabet. They use the same alphabet. Hmm. Granted, I will give them that. Yeah. They are written in the Australian English fucking whatever that... Whatever whatever alphabet weird is that we use. Um, and that, uh, yeah, 
the rose. I think eventually they fixed it and gave her a rose. She gave me a very nice card. It was all a bit weird. She had a boyfriend, but still. It was, uh, right. Yeah. What 2005 a, was a weird year for me. What a baffling system. <laughs> I feel like 2005, I reckon I was sober for about eight minutes. Yeah, during those eight minutes, we went and saw Wallace and Gromit Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Oh. oh! Which I think might have been the only time I saw you that year. Uh, Maybe. We what? weren't really like close friends back then. No, that's a beautiful friendship that's blossomed yeah. fairly recently. I think people like this stuff on the podcast. They like to know our history, don't they? Our history. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, yeah, fine. Uh, yeah, I don't think... No, I wouldn't have seen you that much because you would have been still at school. No, I was closer friends with that other guy that we were also friends with. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... He was also there at that screening of uh, Waltz and Grumman and the Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Yeah. I feel like I started seeing you more around 2007. That's when I start pinning Yeah. I feel like we were drinking that. in the same circles back then. Yeah, I mean, we only drank in circles. Mm. It's a weird thing about us. Adelaide was weird back then. Yeah, you A lot of circular bars. A, a lot of circular there bars. There was nowhere to hang your coat. There were no walls. In yeah. fact, yeah. I didn't even get the guy my coat. <laughs> Had to be standing in a circle to drink. The hula hoop business loved it. So Ralph is not allowed to use scissors. And yes. Mrs. Hoover says, the children are right to laugh at you, Ralph. Great line. When he says he can't use them. That line upsets me so much and it's such a harsh thing to say to a child Mm. and as i kind of said like i really like ralph in this episode i fully buy into him as a character sure so that line is so harsh i love it i think it's a great line but oh god it's brutal visceral it is it is lovely in its brutality i really love this episode by the way this yeah i didn't write it fucks because it's not as funny as the episodes that fuck but this is sure one of the sweetest episodes, I think. This is like my Lisa substitute. I really enjoy Rex, a character <laughs> that I don't think we see again. No, Rex fucking rules. The extremely precocious acting child. And I'm using the correct version of precocious there because I think his acting abilities have emerged quicker than they would be expected to. I'd perhaps call him pretentious. Oh, a pretentious precocious acting yeah. child. But I, I want more Rex. Where'd Rex go? Get Rex back in the show. Yeah. I agree. Get him in there. Could Rex be the son of Norm? Ooh. Well, Rex is, Rex is, I think, Greek for king. Yes, it is. Yes, and uh, we know that Norman, he's not necessarily like a royal presence, but he definitely... I guess we can think of Norman in the royal we. (laughs) As in, we're all Norman? Yeah, in a way, aren't we all Norman? If we can't identify who is Norman, then... Must we not all be Norman? I thought we explicitly agreed that Norm Watch wasn't going to end with a Radio Lab style, but in the end, aren't we all Norm? Kind of. Um, but in I, the end, Nick, isn't every podcast a lot like Radio Lab? I haven't listened to Radio Lab for years. That was part of my regular podcast rotation. Yeah, it's a good podcast. And then we need to stop burning bridges with then, every every much more popular podcast. And then one day, I just ditched it from my rotation, and I've never looked back. The latest Reply All, by the way, fucking amazing. Oh, Reply All, I love it so much. It's so much better than our podcast. So much better. Thanks, Alex Goldman. <laughs> we love you, Alex. For spite appearing on our podcast to prove how much better you are than us. No, you're fine. Yeah. I love you. Uh, Skinner in Vietnam. Skinner in Vietnam. I remember, I think I've brought this up before, but like on the audio commentary, I think for this episode, one of the writers talks about how... They just thought it would be funny that a cartoon character was in the Vietnam War. Sure. And they're fucking right. It is funny. It is <laughs> I good. I love very hard of that scene. Even though I feel like 
I can't fully explain why. Uh, I find it yeah. very funny that Skinner has a Vietnam flashback and then loses his mind. Um, the the one where Johnny gets shot after sending a one, one of sending the things, his chick a Valentine's. Valentine's. One of the things yeah. I like about that is that they uh, they cut straight to the point of the scene and, and ditch all the kind of oh yeah here's the story about me and my girl and we met in the such and such and it just gets straight to the point which is I find great yeah uh, and then yeah coming back to Skinner losing his mind and with, Bart saying cool I, I broke his broke, brain broke his brain I <laughs> just mean just the immediate joy of what he's done and also the way the way that Bart describes it not like I sent him mad I made him crazy I broke his brain yeah it's great beautiful Another thing that I think is, uh, you know, one of the classic things in this episode is the I choose you, choose you card. Sure. Putting it out there, that is a genuinely fantastic card design. Oh, I don't it's... think I have ever seen a card design better than I choose you, choose you. That is pretty good. Yeah. I will give it credit for being a very, very good card design. Much better than the card that I mentioned about, what? Two months ago on the podcast now. Yeah. The one where it said something like, I don't mean to blow my own trumpet, but I look really good for my age. Happy birthday to me. Yeah, laugh a minute. Which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the laugh a minute series of cards, which yeah. is. We gagged and japed all over that. Absolutely insane. I choose to choose these at least two or three times better. Yeah, and let's be friends. Also a solid card. Very specific circumstance. Very, but... very good card. I feel like not enough cards. And you know what? This seems like a counterintuitive thing to say, but stick with me. Yes. I feel like not enough cards play up the pun aspect enough. No. And on the one hand, I feel like greeting cards are the only places puns are allowed to run free. Young puns run free <laughs> to young... Um, uh, but, uh, no. Um, but uh, um, I, I, yes, I somehow feel like greeting cards are... On the one hand, overly punny, and on the other hand, not punny enough. Yeah, there's no reason not to go for the low-hanging fruit. Because my, my, my favourite thing to say about low-hanging fruit, still fruit, James. The point of a card, though, is really you get it, and you chuckle, and you show it to someone else. It takes like a second for them to chuckle as well. Yes. And this card achieves that. This yes. is a good card design. Good Nick. card design. And I feel like Hallmark and all the other card manufacturers have just been lagging behind... Shall we start um, cards in the key of Springfield? Our own <laughs> customised greeting card. Look, I'm not going to lie, that is one of my notes. Is asking whether we should start a greeting <laughs> card company. I feel like we can come up. I think between you and me, we've got enough puns up our sleeve that we can do it. Yeah. I'm starting to think of even one right now. Give me an occasion. Okay. Uh, it's the 20th anniversary of your wife's death. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, <laughs> hang on. First of all, I need to check... 20th anniversary I need to know what that is like, Okay Is it I don't think it matters when they're dead 20 years since they died But where From where else am I going to pull the pun I, You see this is This is the thing about good puns You need to be able to draw on a wide range of Situations Okay 20th is Traditionally China Or according to the modern list Created by the Chicago Public Library For some reason <laughs> Uh, platinum. What? Does, does the Chicago Public Library, how do you do that? Just say, you know what, we're going to recreate the system. We've decided that it's going to be this. The, um, the, the gemstone gift for a 20th anniversary is emerald. So, um, um, uh, just realized I did move the clock. I hope there's not like a little ticking noise in the background of the entire episode. I, I, I only heard it just then. 
<laughs> but we've been we've been talking so much. I guess much our loud bullshit will mostly block it out. To give um, a little uh, inside baseball on this, there is a clock in Nick's room that I usually put in his pantry during a recording. So you don't hear the steady ticking, the beating of the hideous heart as it was. Grief can leave you cold and numb. 20th anniversary is platinum. <laughs> Happiest anniversary of your 20 wife's death. There we go. Let's there start this go. company. <laughs> All right. Just going to have a PlayStation Platinum trophy on the front and have achievement unlocked under it. <laughs> achievement unlocked. Continue to be dead. Um, tell you what. I think the natural instinct there will be for you to edit down that 30 seconds of silence. Man, I'd love it if you were brave enough to keep it in. I don't think I am. No, I know. And most podcast apps would, pro- if people have the, the trim silences, they go, wait a minute, why did my thing just jump forward by two minutes? Oh, sorry, Nick was thinking. There's a scene in here where they serve hearts for school lunch. It's a Valentine's Day themed lunch. Hearts. Now, there's a scene where Bart... Pretends that his body is rejecting the baboon heart that's been installed in there. I have a distinct memory of seeing this episode as a kid. And I must have missed the scene right before. Or they must have (laughs) cut it where they're loading the hearts in. Sure. And dropped them on the floor. Because I just remember as a kid... Seeing that, I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? Why is he? Where's this heart coming from? So the weird did he thing just is, eject his own heart? I feel like I watched this show too young and just missed a lot of uh, stuff. The weird thing is, even with the benefit of the setup of um, the guy delivering the hearts to lunch lady Doris, I still thought, yeah, but how did Bart get into the lunchroom to steal one of the hearts? Yeah, isn't it weird? If he has that heart, shouldn't all the kids also have hearts? Isn't yeah. it weird that none of them pick up on this goofy little gag he's playing he managed to pick up a raw heart like a, a pre-lunch lady doris heart so mm. i gotta say my heart's how? pretty raw as well it's Why? been through a lot uh, yeah um yeah i don't know good on him mm. um homer steals a university degree of mr nedward flanders yep. from the oral roberts university oh roberts my first thought is, what is Oral Roberts University? So I've looked it up. It's a university based in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'll come back to Tulsa in a moment, James. Of course you will. Um, it is described by Wikipedia as an interdenominational Christian comprehensive liberal arts university with 4,000 students. So the implication here is that Ned has a degree from a very small, presumably quite weird, sorry Christians, <laughs> Christian university. I like also, that you have maybe four notes for this episode and this is one of them, by the way. It's my longest note too. Yeah, ever. Uh, uh, yes. And also, what is an interdenominational Christian university? Interdenominational. Uh, I'm assuming, so, so I'm assuming that means that as long as you're a flavor of Christian, you're okay to join. Yeah. What's so, your flavor? Tell me what's your flavor. Anglicans fine, Catholics fine, Presbyterians mm. fine. Any, I'm assuming that's what it would mean. Mm. Um, uh, with four thousand things, but that's not the biggest thing to come out of Tulsa. James, do you know which music act comes out of Tulsa, Oklahoma? Which music act? Yeah. Ooh, is it? Is it Limp Biscuit? Hanson. Hanson. Mm, bop. Baby. Yes, and the uh, I'd like to point out that I didn't need to look that up on Wikipedia. I knew that from my own brain because I used to be a very big Hanson fan. Oh yeah, what was your favourite song? Um, there's one song on Middle of Nowhere. It's like track ten or something, where Zach the drummer comes in with this like spoken word bit through like a 
um, what are those things through a megaphone so his voice is a little bit like crackly and weird and it's like it starts up with him going baby bird baby bird come in where are you sorry mama bird I was watching court TV okay and then and I don't remember anything else in the song other than this weird bit where I was like wait it's one guy doing a call and response with like CB radio names and what's court TV exactly? Is that like Judge Judy, Judge yeah. Jow Day, Sneaky I, Peaks? Um, there we go. You're like the dreamer. Dreams and then lives inside a dream. Sneaky Peaks. Um, I think it is a little bit like um, uh, Sneaky Peaks TV. Okay. Now, yeah, my favourite Hanson song. Pods. 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 The Ralph line when Lisa and Ralph are walking home and he turns to her and says, So, do you like stuff? I feel like this is the mating call of people our age. It yeah. is like the line. Yes. That we all know and have adopted and love because it is like. The major, I do not know how to flirt, but yep. I am interested in you and would like to know more about you line. It, and I would like to know, this yo-yo line that I added to my Tinder profile has not gotten much traction. Should I replace with, so do you like stuff? Yes, you absolutely should. Okay, let's do that right now. I'm opening up my phone. Right. Open up the old Tinder. I've had quite a few dates since we last talked about Tinder on the podcast. How's, how's I don't know why I feel like I need to... How's... Explain to the people listening to the podcast. How's the humble brag? Hey guys, just letting you know, I've had quite a few dates. Uh, let's see. You mean so... like um, the dried fruit, right? You mean like figs? Sure. You've eaten quite a few figs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they've prevented me from having many dates, ironically. Uh, let's see. Why? Well, because I smell like figs. So let's hmm. add... Uh... I don't know, what's the most organic way of adding this to... I think it's just the last line. Dot, 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 so. Dot, 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 do you like stuff? Question mark. I even punctuated it for you. Okay, I'm going to add it. And I might remove this line. I've got a line in here explaining that one of the cats in one of the pictures is not my cat. That's good. I feel like, you know, you need to be honest about these things, don't you? Yeah, exactly. I've it's also your, got, I'm character. a big old nerd and I listen to a lot of podcasts in there. I don't know, do I need that in there? Uh, big old nerd. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I trying guess. to set expectations, really. Yeah, no, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> I'm asking like either of us know anything about anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, ask the guy that's been single for 12 years. That's a great move. Um, um, uh, 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 I looked at my Uber rating the other day, I'm 4.94. 4.94, that's wild. Yeah, I, I was 4.93 for a long time, and then, how's this... Uh, I drank too much, and as the Uber a couple of weeks ago, and as the Uber arrived outside my friend's house, yeah. I cancelled the trip. Did not get charged for <laughs> anything to, and you know what? I would have happily worn a cancellation fee. Sure. Did not get charged a single cent, and then I checked it a few days later, and my rating had gone up to four point nine four. See, I this guy really enjoyed my cancellation. I tend not to use Uber so much now. Because my rating went down a few times and I'm just too worried about it continuing to go down. Like, I can't handle that level of uh, rejection. Tagging back to the start of the episode. Now back to Tinder. <laughs> tagging back to the start of this episode. If I was going to take in something for show and tell, it's probably my Uber rating. <laughs> I 
actually think that's one of the <laughs> most significant crowning achievements I have at the moment. Fuck. Okay, have you added it to your profile? Yeah, I've added it. I look forward to hearing how it goes. Sure. Uh, there's footage... We have footage from uh, Krusty getting ready for his 29th anniversary show in this episode. Sure. Which is basically a clip show, as far as I can tell. It doesn't seem like a very good show, but... Yeah. There's footage of, like, Mel drunk... Yeah. ...in this clip package... But Mel has only very recently come onto the show, right? Because he replaced Sideshow oh, Bob. that's curious. Yeah, so how is this, like, part of Krusty's history that Sideshow Mel got drunk at one point? Wouldn't that have been, like, a few months ago? Yeah. That's a very good logic hole that I have no credible mm. explanation for. Matt Granny, if you'd like to come on and explain yourself. If you'd like to come on and explain yourself. Yeah, just come on like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. Mm. Uh, don't think that's what he sounds like. That's fine. Well, I'm surprised that was one of your impressions that didn't end with him saying, Oh, I'm Matt Granny. Well, I thought that was, you know, he doesn't need to announce himself, uh-huh. Nick. He's, he's the one, the one person that doesn't need to. Why is Krusty so popular with adults in the world of The Simpsons? It doesn't seem like he's very good. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Hmm. Well, look at you hitting the, hitting the very good... I mean, you're, you're really increasing our good point tally. And another thing... He went when uh, Rolf th- pops by the house. Is he going to go three for three? And he says, I'll do anything for Lisa. I'm Ralph. And Homer puts Good. him up on the roof spreading tar around. What tar. is that exactly? What oh, is he's, the gone, job? he's done it again. He's gone three for three with good points. Because now that I'm an adult, I've never once had to spread tar on the roof. It's never even occurred to me as a thing that might be of any benefit to anyone. Um, all right. Let's find out. Okay. What are you going to look up? Tarring that roof? Why... <laughs> Why might somebody put tar on their roof? Tar roof. By the way, I've got a full page left of notes, and we have been going for three days at this point. The pros and cons of roofing tar from homeadvancement.com forward slash roof. I mean, if there are cons, just don't do it. <laughs> How to apply roofing tar. Roofing. Oh, here we go. Roofing tar. If you is- don't have Stucco Lab, use carbon fiber Stucco Lab. <laughs> Roofing tar is gen- generally used for flat roof applications. He doesn't have a flat roof. They've clearly no, got a doesn't. slanted roof. He doesn't. Um, tar is an unsustainable product. During its application and during the curing process, it can give off noxious fumes. And they can make you dizzy. Yes, they can. Tremendous. Well, I'm glad we know. If you have a flat roof, you can tar it for some reason. <laughs> There's a joke in this episode that I legitimately do not get. Okay. And I would like you to explain it to me because you laughed when they did the episode. Oh. And I feel like this was you laughing to show that you got the joke. Because <laughs> I do not get this joke. Okay, I'm looking forward to this. And I have seen this episode maybe 450 times. I just Sure. When, when Rex is, you know, going off, he's like, I'm Rex, baby. I should be in the play. <laughs> and Miss Hoover starts flicking the blinds. And the cops outside say, that's the signal. Uh, take, the, take the boot off the car. Boys, what's going on there? What? When the cops are outside... Yeah, yeah. And Wiggum signals, whose car is that? What is the joke there? Oh, it's Hoover's car. She's being held hostage. The the, the joke there is that Wiggum has said, you need to make Ralph... Yeah. ...in the play. Yeah. And to ensure that, you've done, that, that you will do this, we will make your car undrivable by putting a brace on it so that you can't drive it and then to let us know that you've gone ahead and made the decision flash the blinds and then we'll be able to remove the thing from the car 
They're, they're holding. They're, they're blackmailing. Him. Okay, I figured out. I've just figured out what the problem with this is. He says, "Take the boot off," doesn't he? Yes, yes, yes. Which they're using to mean, you know, the, the wheel lock. The wheel lock. Yeah. Because moments later, they refer to a trunk, which is the American term. For so I'm here sitting here thinking, boot. That's the term for the trunk over here. What's going on? I'm so confused. Why are they using these synonymous terms for the same part of the car? I get it now. I watch it the entire... Every time I've seen this episode, I'm like, so is this like Rex's car? What's going on? I don't get this joke. <laughs> but now I get... Oh, the boot is... Is, is, is the wheel locky bracing What thing. a bullshit thing to, to have a, a term that means two different things like that. Yeah. It's not their fault. It's America's fault, but still. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. And the go. way the cops laugh as well is always like they're doing something nefarious when they're like, well, they remo- are. yeah, but they're removing <laughs> the nefarious object. Yeah, I guess so. I, I suppose they're, I've always taken their laugh to mean, ha ha ha, our nefarious blackmailing of a year three teacher has worked. It's year two, but I've always, year two. always been perplexed by this. It's a weird scene to me, James. Sure. I'm James, by the way. Well, I'm glad we got to the bottom of it for you. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Look in the trunk. Yes. means trunk. I I'm not a fan of that joke. Speaking of jokes that are a bit weird. Sure. But uh, when he's saying he really wants to go this crusty thing, he'll he'll do anything. Yeah. Much like the James L. Brooks film, I'll do anything. Sure. Um, you are the best. You can do anything. I haven't seen that film, but anyway. Uh, he talks about the things he, he is willing to do. And Lisa's like, what if he wants to hold hands? I'm prepared to make that sacrifice. Yep. What if he wants to kiss? I'm, I'm prepared, prepared to make, to make that sacrifice. sacrifice. What if he... You don't want to know what I'm going to do. Ho ho. Is Bart... Is Bart ready and willing to blow Ralph's fishy little dick? Oh my god. Because <laughs> I don't like that. What is oh. the implication here? Uh, I, think they, I think they left it unspoken for a very specific reason. Because it's an unpleasant joke. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. 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 I don't want to talk about I mean, this. the implications can only go down a very dark path, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's definitely an implication yeah. of impropriety. Yeah, there's not a way of reading this that doesn't involve, like, an eight-year-old boy's penis getting involved. I mean, there probably <laughs> is. <laughs> I just, I don't like that joke, I yeah. guess. Yeah, you know what? I've never had an issue with that joke. Because <laughs> until you heard me explain it, yeah, pretty like, much. Oh, that's right. James is getting into some weird shit here, pretty much with because, his explanation. This because joke. It, in my head, it's always been fine that they left it unsaid. Yeah, and then you come in, you're like, "Oh, hey guys, I'm just gonna say everything," and then it's like, "Oh, now that it's said, <laughs> now that it's said, yeah, yeah, I took I took the road less traveled, and that has made all the difference." Robert Frost, he's in this episode as well. Should we do a reading of that poem? No. Very good. <laughs> I'm the English guy between us. Yeah, I thought you I could... I mean, you're the English guy, but I'm the English guy. I thought you could criticise my cadence, my poetry reading cadence. No, I'm good. All right. Well, I've got no notes left for this episode, so... I've got a few. I, You know, we're, we're running a bit long, so let's run through them yeah. quickly. Yeah, maybe I'll shut up. The line, nothing gets chocolate out, fucks. I love that line. I love that joke. Yep. Big fan yeah. of that line. Okay. Uh... The scene of Ralph getting his heart ripped out is amazing. Very I good. love it. Yep. Nice VCR joke. Again, I love Ralph in this episode. I love everything about it. The mediocre president song. That's a great song. Also an increasingly... That's really, really good. Increasingly generous to just call 
a president mediocre in the current environment. <laughs> yes. Yes, he would not make that list. Uh, the version of Nixon that's just Bart's Bart. That's cool. I like Very that. Good. Yes. I think Milhouse getting cast as Lincoln is a good get for Milhouse. It's, you know, he's definitely rising above his station playing Lincoln in this play. I enjoy that, um, that uh, Milhouse as Lincoln has um, a kind of... Um, omnipresent knowledge yeah. of everything like Bart storms in and Lincoln goes oh no John Wilkes Booth I laughed very hard at that oh, it's just it's great I'm also I, I like the whole you know very unfortunate line about you know uh, thank god the civil war's over now I can finally relax at Ford's theatre very good and then Wilkes John Wilkes Booth uh, who wrote this play it seems like a weird play to get eight year olds to perform very high production values on this play. Yeah, there's more kissing than there should be for a play starring eight-year-olds that's as well. Good, that's a good point. In that there is a kiss. Yeah. And why are Patty and Selma there watching the play? Why what is their Patty investment in this? And they get so into it too. Yeah. They're very, they're all in on Ralph. All in. As I am as well, of all course. In. He's a good boy, Nick. All in. He's a good little boy. They're all good boys, Brent. Yeah. And it's a great performance. Uh... Nancy Cartwright who plays Ralph, I assume. She's very good. Sure. I'll yeah. agree with that. I'll allow it. So, yeah, this episode is very sweet, and I like it a lot. Yep. And good it's episode. good. Good episode. And the people who made it should feel good about themselves. Yeah. As they sleep on their pile of money every night. <laughs> so that's been an episode of Pods in the Cave of Springfield. A, it's just gone so long. A podcast about something. <laughs> I, I just don't want to talk anymore, because I'm worried that I'll make the episode go longer. Should we record another episode after this? <laughs> Yes, okay. <laughs> I suppose so. Okay, well, um, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and you can email us at podsinthekeepspringfield at gmail.com. Gmail. You can find us on the other things. Uh, Anytime. Wizzle Wuzzle. We discussed this and I said no. Very good. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> They're just getting so long. It's because we went off on so many tangents. So since we last, last caught up, I got a job teaching television studies yeah. at a university. Yeah. I probably shouldn't give too many of the details. Probably I've already given too many, frankly. But, uh, probably. It's weird because now I feel this constant pressure to not mention my podcast in front of students who are very invested in television. That is uh, entirely reasonable. Because I me. feel like it would, um, on some level... You know, they'd go in expecting something out of their tutor, and what they'd get instead is just mad horse shit from an idiot. Meaningless tangents. Yeah. Yeah. And they'd come back to class and are like, I don't know, sir. This seems a bit, seems a bit off to me. I, I respected you until I listened to your podcast. Well, that's going a bit far. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, interesting. I remember when you told, when you sent me the message saying, hey, I have this job now. Uh, I believe my response was, um, and on a very special episode of Pause in the Key of Springfield, <laughs> and then me saying, wait, James, are you just playing a, a recording of your of your lecture? Yes. <laughs> Don't talk over the lecture, Nick. Yeah. It's good advice. Stop talking about the Frankfurt School and the schools at the Frankfurt School. Is it like a hot dog school? Yeah. <laughs> that's where I am. Um, Excellent. You know, that's where I learned the tricks of my trade, yeah. which is hot dog slinging. <laughs> Awesome, like a hot dog, like a hundred million hot dogs there. Slinging snags.
Um, uh, oh, it's a good name for her. Oh, that's what the that's what um, the food uh, emporium in our pub should be. We should have pubs in the Key of Springfield, <laughs> which is a subdivision of uh, Sneaky Pint. Yes. And then the food bit, the menu can be called Slingin' Snags. 